Welcome to the Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior Twenty and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. <clears throat> it is February twenty seventh, Tuesday. The Mariners have played three spring training games thus far. I thought I would come to you with some of my initial reactions. And what I think is um, uh, some preliminary ideas about this, what this roster might look like. Uh, it's been fun. Mariners look like a a more initially, I guess, initial thoughts are that the Mariners look like a much more complete team than uh, I think outside folks expect. I think they've done a an incredible job of patching up some of the holes uh, that we saw last season. I don't think we're going to see the glaring um, lack of bench that we had last season. And this to me is a 90 plus win team uh, barring catastrophic injury uh, to any of the stars. So let me get started with this. And the first thought has to go to Julio. Uh, There was some concern online specifically on Twitter, that Julio hasn't played yet. And then it came out that he has some um, swelling in his uh, on top of his left hand, uh, but management expressed that there was no real concern with that, and that was due to uh, so much activity. Uh, in the beginning of spring training, I'm not worried about it until they say that he's out. Uh, I think it's it's wasted breath to to kind of speculate. We're not doctors um, but it needed to be addressed. I'm just going to run down my list of notes and talk about it a little bit. It's in no real particular order outside of that Julio injury. <clears throat> Samad Taylor. Samad Taylor was acquired from the Royals uh, this offseason. He was kind of a fringy top 10 prospect uh, on the Royals for a couple of years. Utility guy, can play really anywhere on the diamond. Um but his real kind of carrying tool, of course, being coming from the Royals, you would expect this, is his blazing speed. He has uh, 70 grade speed. And while I think Classe is faster than Taylor, Taylor might be the second fastest player on, uh, <clears throat> on the Mar- in the Mariners organization. So Samad Taylor is a player that is competing with, I believe, with Sam Haggerty for that last bench spot on this team. And in watching Taylor play this these first couple games, for one, he hit a homer. And I know it's one home run. I know it's spring training. But there is something to be said for him finding a little bit of pop because he uh, previously has kind of been a just a speed guy. And the home run showed that he can, he can connect and has the power to hit the ball over the fence. Uh, it is worth mentioning that both Taylor and Sam Haggerty have uh, options left. So if the Mariners were to choose to send one of them down, um, they would not, uh, they would not lose them. So Taylor's 25. Uh, he'll remain 25 through most of the season. He was acquired um, in exchange for cash considerations or a player to be named later on January 30th. Uh, Fangraphs initially had his speed as a 70. 
his hit as a 40 and his uh, game power as a 30. I'd say the game power is closer to a 45. Uh, and he did have some pretty big seasons in the minor leagues with the Royals with regards to stolen bases and ran walk rates in the double digits um, from 2018 on. So <clears throat> he's a player that's trying to get on base. He's a player that will provide you at minimum average defense at just about every position on the diamond outside of catcher. And I think he could be a very valuable piece uh, to the Mariners. Uh, for context, he played second base. This is for the Royals last season. Second base 12 times, third base twice, left field 15 times, center field once, and <clears throat> and then he DH'd a couple of times as well. Uh, sorry, that was in the minor leagues. So outfield a total of 16 times. So with the Royals, it was second, third, and outfield. He hasn't played short um, in the minors since 2022, where he did for the uh, for the Blue Jays. But in any case, Samad Taylor's a player, and um, his speed can be game-breaking. And I really like the idea of Taylor on this roster. Um, you know, the Mariners previously would bring Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty off the bench uh, as a speed threat sometimes, but I think that that – Taylor is more dynamic in that sense. Um, I do like him better than Haggerty as far as uh, being a legit major league player and being that player at the end of this bench. I think as of right now, the Mariners keep Samad Taylor and send Haggerty down. Uh, Next point in my notes, it's really cool to watch these initial spring training games and see – you can see the future of the Mariners. And, and of course we all know that they're minor league players that, that are going to come into games and whatnot, but they're bringing in Harry Ford, Cole Young, Tyler Locklear, and at times Jonathan Classe together. Right. And that's not to mention Hogan Windish and some of the others that are not quite the same level prospect, <clears throat> but it's so cool to see them bring those four in and to see them play together. And you see the talent specifically with Harry Ford and Cole Young. You just see why they're top talent, why they're top 50 prospects in baseball. And you can envision them on the Mariners uh, very soon. And to me, that's really, really fun. Harry Ford's throw. I don't know if you guys saw it, but for those who, who didn't, Harry Ford threw a uh, runner trying to steal second out from his knees and it would, the throw was sick. It was um, reminiscent with a little less swag, but reminiscent of Benito Santiago throwing from his knees. I grew up with Santiago. I loved him. My cousin Carlos used to <clears throat> catch me when I would pitch and he would imitate uh, Santiago by throwing from his knees. Uh, Santiago had a big Jerry curl and a mustache and he just had tons of swag. Um, and Ford didn't didn't quite come across that way, but the throw was an absolute BB. And um, for those who are, you know, question whether Harry Ford is is defensively as a catcher, I understand that that throwing is not um, the end all for catchers defensively, right? Sebi Zavala is not a great thrower as a catcher, but has, is an incredible framer. Um, and that's why he's on the Mariners, but throwing is one part of it. And specifically because uh, stolen bases have become such a, you know, 
so many stolen, there are so many stolen bases in baseball now, given some of the rule changes, I think catch, <clears throat> catcher's arms are more, going to be more and more important. And uh, Harry Ford definitely has a hose. Uh, Cole Young last night hit a the two RBI double to win the game against the Reds. Uh, he's obviously a lefty hitter. He's been playing short and second for the Mariners so far in spring training. But this double was off a lefty in, in uh, I think it was Tyler Gilbert. Maybe it wasn't, but it was off a lefty, legitimate like major league lefty. And it hit near the wall in left center field. And I know that they're in Arizona and the ball does carry a bit there, but you can see the bat to ball skill of Cole Young. There's a reason why Cole Young is why I've talked about him as a 290, 300 hitter with 20, you know, 20 home run potential and 40 double potential and why he will probably make a couple of all-star games and be a, you know, a 120, 125, maybe even 130 WRC plus type second baseman for the Mariners. Mariners are developing players and it is, it's just fun to see. Uh, Tyler Locklear is pretty stiff when you watch him. Uh, Certainly a first base DH guy. I don't think he's playing third. I did see him get locked up a little bit hitting against a lefty uh, last night, but Locklear's looked pretty good as well. You can see why uh, management envisions him as a potential Ty France replacement. I do think there's some kinks to work out with his swing. Uh, he looked pretty ugly on an up and in fastball, but I, I like Locklear a lot. You can see the potential there. He's strong, strong, strong. And then Jonathan Classe, a couple of days ago, his speed was on display both in the outfield and on the base paths. And this is his speed is like Samad Taylor. It's game breaking. It's different than what we see from the Mariners typically. And I think it has a place on this team. I would love nothing more than for Classe to take uh, one of the corner outfield spots on this team, but I don't think he's ready yet. And I think there's a lot of swing and miss that he's still going to have to work out. That said, he's still a legitimate prospect. Um, and if the Mariners were to find a trade partner for him, or he was start, he started off on fire uh, this minor league season. Uh, that's not a bad path either, given some of the depth in the outfield. Uh, Ty France, Ty France was all over the, uh, the Twitters uh, after the first game because he looks slimmer he definitely looks faster and uh his swing is is looks nice i think ty france is in for a you know 120 wrc plus type of year that's not quite what he was doing the the previous couple of years but i think conservatively that's what we could look for from him uh very encouraging to see how he looks physically on the diamond this season and i know his swing has been revamped uh to add some bat speed don't forget, you know, in 2020, in the short, the COVID shortened season, he's a 133 WRC plus and he hit 305. Uh, in 21 with the Mariners, he hit is a 129 WRC plus, hit 291. And then in 22, he hit had a 125 WRC plus and hit 274. So this is a guy who is a, you know, 25% better than league average hitter when he's playing well. And I think folks forgot about that last year, including myself at times, um, because he struggled so bad. But the reality is Ty France can hit. 
And if we get Ty France in shape, Ty France, bat speed, Ty France, um, it's going to be fun. And he's going to carry his weight, no pun intended. Uh, and then, of course, last night he grounds into a 4-6-3 double play. Uh, and everyone's joking that Ty France is back. I do have some concern about third base. Uh, you know, numerically, I can I understand what uh, Urias and Rojas represent. With Rojas, he's supposed to be the strong side platoon player at third, and he's just I don't know that he's a legit starter. You know, to be honest, and and it's not. I want him to succeed. I want to see Rojas play well, but I had lots of questions about the trade when it was made. And I know that he had some pretty decent at bats when he came over from Arizona, but you're looking at a player who last season, he hit 245 with the 303 on base percentage and a 338 slug. And his previous two seasons in 21 and 22, when he was seen as productive. It was a 103 WRC plus and a 110 WRC plus with 11 homers and nine homers respectively. So it's, you know, it's your typical just ball player that you're rolling out there at third. I think the Mariners could do better. I think if the Mariners are serious about um, really not having a single hole in this offense, their base is going to be what needs to be addressed eventually. Uh, and that's not to say that Luis Urias doesn't have the capability of being that that guy. He's had some a couple of really good seasons in his career. Uh, in 21, so 112 WRC plus in Milwaukee, uh, but it was a 790 OPS, and he had 23 homers. In 22, it was a 110 WRC plus with 16 home runs. So there is pop in his bat. Um, he's run lower averages below 250, but coming up with the Padres, he was a hit over power bat to ball guy. So he really did adjust his approach. Um, I think it was right before the trade to Milwaukee he did. And Urias has the ability to be an above average uh, offensive third baseman. But you're this is the one position where on the diamond where I think the Mariners still are kind of rolling the dice and hoping for the best. Uh, so I'm not super comfortable at third. I will say if if one of, you know, Ryan Bliss, uh, even a Cole Young down the stretch proves to be truly ready and capable, I would not be surprised to see the Mariners move Jorge Polanco to third base and bring up one of those prospects to play second base regularly. Um, that's if Rojas and Urias struggle or scuffle. Uh, Rojas and Urias both would be assets um, on the bench uh, for the Mariners. So keep an eye on that. Not super comfortable at third base as of right now. I'm looking for signs of of life from either of those two. Next point on my list, Cade Marlowe is not a major leaguer. I'm sorry to those Cade Marlowe fans out there. I know there are lots of them. People love to root for, you know, the the underdog and the great white hope and all those sorts of things. Um, okay, Marlowe's not that, man. He's not a major leaguer. I'm sorry. We watch him. In the, he's short in center field. He doesn't have the range in center. He's a corner outfielder. Um, he's run pretty high strikeout rates uh, ever since 
moving from high A in 21. He in 22 in double A is a 25.7% K rate in triple A in 22. It was 38.3%. Then last year in triple A, it was 26 one. And then in the majors, it was 33. So if you're talking about a player who is, you know, running 30% strikeout rates and is a corner outfielder, but does not have the capability to, um, he has power in his bat, but it's not big power, right? And he's got some speed in his legs, but it's not big speed. He's just, <clears throat> he's not a, he's not a major leaguer to me, not a championship major leaguer. He might be a uh, platoon corner outfield bat on a second division team. Put him on the Angels. He'll get 400 at-bats. Put him on the A's. He'll get 400 at-bats. White Sox, same thing. But if the Mariners are – if their intention is to win a World Series, Cade Marlowe is not a major leaguer. I'm sorry. Dominic Canzone is. Came into camp. He's clearly put on some muscle. Um, his swing is short. It's pretty. Canzone is, I think, with – real at bats is a an offensive force. I think this is a as long as you protect him a 125 WRC plus type bat. If you look at Canzone and you think about him or conceptualize him like we would say a Jock Peterson on the Diamondbacks where you're not expo- overexposing him to lefties you're counting on him to hit for power and hit for average, you know, uh, Peterson's more um, walk rate dependent, but you're looking for really strong offensive production out of your left-handed hitting DH corner outfield first base type. Canzone is that guy. And while the Mariners I know are looking for some of that from, from Luke Rayleigh, he is, Canzone is, different than Rayleigh in that, you know, Rayleigh has more speed and a little, I think, more power, more explosiveness and can play, you know, a good corner outfield and a, a, you know, almost serviceable center field in a pinch. Whereas Canzone is pretty limited in the outfield. I think Canzone just hits the ball incredibly hard. And um, he's the kind of player I want on my major league team. If you're comparing Canzone to Cade Marlowe, there's no comparison. And I know that people like those grinder types, the underdog types, you know, the 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 Cade Marlowe types. But Canzone, you can go ahead and be 500 with Cade Marlowe. Give me Dom Canzone and let me see that 120 WRC plus 125 season. To me, he's the truth. And I expect him to be on this major league roster. Um, there's also enough defense um, on this team where you can protect Canzone and you don't need Marlowe's quickness or speed in the outfield. You have Julio patrolling center, obviously. Uh, Rayleigh is a lot faster than I think people realize. You still have Dylan Moore, who I don't think is very instinctual in the outfield, but has um, good foot speed. And then don't forget if, you know, according to at least what I, what I think this roster should look like, if you have um, Samad Taylor on the roster, it really changes what you can do with some of those other positions because he is so fast and plus, I'd say above average defensively in a lot of spots that he covers up for having a can zone on the roster. Um, so 
to me, this, okay, so we'll keep moving. Mitch Haniger, of course, first at bat. So, okay, real quickly with Rayleigh, um, just for those who haven't looked, uh, sprint speed, according to stat, according to Savant, 86th percentile, 28.8 miles an hour. So he's 6'4", 235. He looks like a big lumbering dude, but he's super fast for that size. Um, so thinking about him like you think about a Mike Ford um, is, I think, uh, doing Luke Rayleigh's speed a disservice. Mitch Haniger hits a home run. First at bat, first swing. Everybody goes nuts. Twitter's on fire. Mariners' Twitter's on fire. Um, fun to see. He gets interviewed after. Uh you know, just as as a Mariners fan, you know, it's a blast, right? It's like, that's the kind of thing you root for. It's the kind of thing that makes you happy. I wouldn't get too excited about Mitch Haniger. Um, I've said it before. I just think he's eventually either he's going to get hurt because he's playing too much or he's going to get overexposed because he's not, he never was a great hitter. He accumulated all of those stats because he had 700 plate appearances. It's not to say he can't hit. It's just to say that, you know, sometimes when you give players enough opportunity, they're going to accumulate counting stats, right? And that doesn't mean that they're necessarily great players. They just had that opportunity. And I think with Mitch, it's a great story. I understand why the Mariners did it. I think it was a bit of an olive branch to the leaders of the team to bring him back. But I wouldn't expect too much from him. And I'm sincerely hoping that the Mariners run – essentially a platoon in the corners with uh, Rayleigh and Canzone being the left-handed hitters and Dylan Moore and Mitch Haniger being the right-handed hitters. Uh, and then just to, for a little bit more understanding as to what I'm talking about with regards to counting stats, Mitch Haniger in 21, which was his big Mariner season, he hit 39 home runs with 110 runs and 100 RBIs, which is huge. I acknowledge those are huge numbers. And he did it in 691 plate appearances. So he was more of an accumulator than anything else. And runs and RBIs most often are a product of the offense you play in and the place you hit in the order. But those numbers were good for a 120 WRC plus. So he was 20% above league average uh, as a hitter, as an offensive player in 2021 with 39 homers, 110 runs and 100 RBIs. You look at Ty France in 21, Ty France hit 18 homers, 85 runs, 73 RBIs in 650 plate appearances. So obviously much less impressive numbers, 21 less homers, fewer runs, fewer RBIs, but he hit 291 with a 368 OBP. This was good for a 129 WRC plus. So, France was 9% better of a hitter despite hitting many, many fewer homers and having fewer counting stats. It's, it's an example of how counting stats can inflate the perspective of a player, um, our perspective of players. And it's to say that I don't think that Mitch Haniger is, was ever great. Um, and, but I think he's an asset on this team not at this salary, but he's an asset to the team. He's just I'm not a player. We shouldn't get excited about Mitch Haniger being on the Mariners other than pure fandom, because from a production standpoint, I don't think it's going to be what, what you may uh, come to expect. Uh, 
other notes, I said Ford's throw was sick. I already covered that. Uh, Rayleigh is athletic. I already covered that as evidenced by the 86th percentile sprint speed, but you can see it on the field, how athletic he is. He's fun. I'm excited to see him play. Jonathan Classe is fast in all capital letters. Uh, so there was one play where the uh, defense tried to throw behind Classe. He had gotten to third base. And as the throw was made to third base to throw behind him, he took off for home and he beat the throw by a good couple of steps. Um, he was sliding head first and was, was uh, most of his body was past the plate by the time the throw got there. The dude can fly. You're talking about 70 grade, maybe 75 grade speed. He's not Victor Scott, the second on the Cardinals. Um, he's not Enrique Bradfield Jr. of the Orioles. Uh, but he's so he's probably faster than Samad Taylor, um, which is really, really, really fast. Game breaking speed. Uh, Class A is fun. Like I said, I would love nothing more than for Class A to win. Uh, a starting corner outfield job at some point in time. His instincts are not great in center, despite his speed. Uh, Julio's a better defensive center fielder than Class A is, but he's fun. Uh, keep an eye on him as well. Locklear looks like a legit hitter. I already talked about that. Um, and then the last note I have is Jackson Kowar is a freaking stud. Uh, he looked like he was overmatching the guys he was facing. Um and that's going to be, I think Kowar is going to be another one of those Mariners reclamation projects where the arm is there. There's a talent that they identify and he comes in and, you know, other teams, other fans are saying, where the heck, how the heck did you do that? Right. Kowar was, was a first round um, compensatory pick uh, for the Royals in 18 pick 33 overall big arm and they could, didn't know what to do with them. Uh, the Royals are screwed, screw up, have screwed up a lot of arms, but he was throwing gas. I think we're going to see him sit, you know, 97, 98 miles an hour. His changeup is probably his best pitch. They got hit pretty hard last season, 364 average, 455 slug, but it's a Mickey mouse changeup. You go from 96, nine average on the four seam last season to an 86, six with the changeup. And if he's able to tunnel it, um, that's a Mickey Mouse pitch. And then the slider has tremendous movement as well at 86 miles an hour. I just, I think there's this, it's, he's a big ball of clay for the Mariners pitching school, pitching factory uh, to produce something very cool. So I think Kowar ends up being a leverage arm. The Mariners are going to have probably five leverage arms, even high leverage arms eventually with Brash, Santos, Spire, and Munoz. And you know, with Brash dealing with a, being a little dinged up right now and Santos coming in with a little bit of a an issue, having a pitcher like Kowar with that kind of stuff um, in middle relief is going to help tremendously because if one of those guys goes down for any period of time, you're not losing talent. You're not, you're not losing um, skill in making Kowar one of those leverage guys. So he's super exciting. He was super fun to watch. Uh, so real quickly, the quick rundown of what I think the roster is going to be opening day at catcher. It's obviously it's Cal Raleigh. Uh, Sebi Zavala is a great receiver. I could see why pitchers love pitching to him. I really like the fit with Zavala and Raleigh because, you know, Zavala can't really hit, but if he does, 
hit. He's hitting for power and it's against lefties, um, which is Cal Raleigh's kind of weak spot offensively. Uh, and the Mariners won't lose any defense with either of those two catchers. So, you know, in previous seasons, when you go from Cal to, to Tom Murphy, there is, there was a drop-off. Murphy was not the defensive catcher Cal Raleigh is. Uh, I like it a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ty France, we spoke of earlier. Jorge Polanco has drawn some walks. Um, looks like what you would expect him to look like. He's going to hit bombs too. You can see the uppercut nature of his swing. But legit major leaguer, super excited for him. I have Samad Taylor projected as uh, one of the two uh, bat, you know, bench infielders. Again, game-breaking speed. You saw it on display in a couple of games here. And a, you know, can pinch run, certainly steal a bag, can play second, can play third, can play the outfield. And he hit a home run. He showed that he has punch. So I like Samad Taylor on this team. That would be in lieu of Sam Haggerty. I think you send Sam Haggerty to AAA. Both of them still have options. So, you know, it's really a choice of who do you think the better player is and the better fit for this roster. Rojas and Urias, we talked about. JP, you know, he's a vet. You're just going to pencil him in and leave him there. And then corner outfield, as I said, you've got Rayleigh and Ken Zone as two left-handed bats. You've got Dylan Moore and Mitch Hanniger as two right-handed bats. I think if those four players platoon at two outfield positions and you give uh, them the occasional DH opportunity when Mitch Garver sits, you're looking at a, a... pretty good offense with, you know, from those two positions and then Julio in center. Mitch Garver obviously is penciled in as the DH excited about him as well. We've covered him in depth and then pitching wise, you know, no surprises from me with the starting staff. It's Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Miller, Wu. Uh, you got Austin Voth who will start off in long relief. He pitched for the uh, uh, nationals and for the Orioles. He has a decent arm. Not a great arm. He's a guy who I think with too many, with, uh, too many starts would become exposed uh, as a subpar starting pitcher. But I think in middle relief, in long relief, he has an arm that, that will give the Mariners some innings if needed. And if the Mariners need to lengthen the rotation at all, um, he can step in and start once in a while. Emerson Hancock is still in this organization. I know that he's been working hard. It'll be interesting to see if the Mariners decide to uh, to trade him at some point because his name has certainly been brought up in some of the trade rumors. And then Levi Stout, who uh, was traded to the Reds, came back after being um, essentially being waived from Cincinnati. Mariners picked him back up. Uh, and the Mariners know Levi Stout's arm. He's 26 years old now. They know what they have in him. I think that you know, he would fit that similar kind of spot to Austin Voth where you're not expecting them to be a regular pitcher in the rotation, but if he needed to take the ball for eight starts over the course of a season, uh, you could prop up that rotation a little bit. I think it's a good, really good arm to have in the organization. I like, um, I like that acquisition a lot. So you've got the first five, you've got some depth in Voth, uh, Hancock Stout. We saw in um, these first couple of spring training games, we saw Reed Van Scooter or Scooter, however you pronounce it, 
um, left-handed starter who pitched really well last season. We saw Jonathan Diaz, big left-hander. Uh, he put up, I think, five strikeouts in two innings. He looked decent. Uh, you still have Casey Lawrence, who the Mariners signed as a non-roster invitee. He's 36. But you've got some of these organizational arms that I think could take some innings if need be. Uh, no real exciting arms, you know, from a youth standpoint that we've seen quite yet. I don't, you know, I think the Mariners are going to try to replenish that. I've said that before um, in this upcoming draft. And then as far as how the bullpen breaks down, you know, when, when I put Zavala, Taylor, Urias, Dylan Moore, Mitch Hanniger on the roster, right? I was, that's five bench players. And so you're, that's 14 hitters you're looking at, which means there would only be room for 12 pitchers. Most places I look have the Mariners keeping 13 pitchers um, in the major leagues. I think they can go with 12 if they have to. Uh, to me, it's Kowar. It's both in long relief. It's Kowar and Thornton kind of in those sixth, you know, fifth, sixth, maybe seventh inning types of roles. And then set up. I have Brash, Santos, and Gabe Spire. So you got two righties and a lefty. Uh, you got different looks coming from Brash and Santos. I think that mixing and matching those guys and protecting their innings initially would be really nice. And obviously, Andres Munoz as the closer. So who does that leave out? That means Sam Haggerty's in AAA. That means Taylor Trammell is probably uh, – DFA'd and then traded. Uh, I, I like Trammell. I've always rooted for Trammell. I don't think he is a major leaguer either. Um, kind of like Cade Marlowe. He's had 351 at-bats in the major leagues for the Mariners, or plate appearances, excuse me. He has hit 15 home runs in those 351 at-bats, but it's an 11.1% walk rate and a 37% K rate. So 37% K rate. He's hit 168 the 270 OBP and a 368 slug, the 83 WRC plus in his 116 games in the majors for the Mariners. I just, I don't know if that's an asset, honestly. Uh, And I think he's okay defensively. He's certainly fast, but he's a left fielder. He's not a center fielder. So if Trammell ends up not making this team and getting DFA'd, Uh, I would be sad to see him go, but I don't think it's a loss from an asset standpoint necessarily. So I have Trammell off this roster. I have Canzone on the roster in that outfield spot. Uh, I have Haggerty in AAA since he has uh, options left and Samad Taylor as the player that replaces him. Like I said before, I just think Samad Taylor is a more talented player, more explosive speed, um, I, I prefer him. I think he has a better prospect pedigree, uh, just more talent. And then the other one is no Taylor Saucedo. So this leaves the Mariners with one lefty in the pen. I think that there are, you really have to look at the repertoire of the relievers and to see whether right-handers can get left-handers out when criticizing the number of left-handers in a bullpen. And uh, you know, Kowar's changeup is it's a nice pitch, and it's a pitch that I think um, it's between his changeup and his and his 
you know, big fastball, I do think he has the potential to get lefties out. Keyword. Obviously, Matt Brass can get lefties out. Gregory Santos can get lefties out. Spire is left-handed. So the only two pitchers that would be exposed to lefties really would be both and um and Trent Thornton. And so I'm not so worried about about uh Saucedo uh not making this team. And if he didn't, you know, he still has an option left. So you're not losing him either. So you can send him down if need be. So again, uh, that's my 26 man roster initially coming out of uh, for opening day. Uh, Super fun. I'm going to continue to take notes on what I see in these games. And I will uh, bring you those notes as well as any kind of roster movement. And then most days we will cover uh, a position organizationally top to bottom um, and talk about what the Mariners have at that position and what you can expect from them in the future. Thanks for listening. This was today's Mariners Mariners cast presented to you by sports ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino junior 20. That's T I N O J R two zero and the podcast at ethos Mariners E T H O S M A R I N E R S. Take care y'all enjoy your Tuesday. Can't wait for this season. Super pumped. It's going to be fun. This is a 90 plus win season. Take it all in. Don't forget it. Take care, y'all. Peace.